All praise that due to Allah. Thank you so much, sisters and brothers. Assalamu alaikum. In the most holy name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah who intervened in our affairs in the form of a well-made man named Master Fahd Muhammad. We forever thank him for coming among us and raising up in our midst his messenger, Messiah, in my humble opinion, the greatest black man that ever walked the earth other than God himself. I'm talking about a Georgia-born black man by the name of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. We are eternally grateful that these two hands, two minds, and two hearts came together working in concert with one another. We are thankful to Allah that the spiritual DNA of Master Fahd Muhammad and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad came together in unity to produce one in our midst today. It is a man that today is without a shadow of a doubt a divine leader, teacher, and guide for you and me. He is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It is in their holy and righteous names, my sisters, my brothers, that I greet you in the greeting words of peace. of alaikum. Well, I'm so happy to be back here at the mighty Muhammad Mosque number 32. And it has a different feeling in here when you know you own the building free and clear. We don't owe a cracker nothing. This is ours. All praises are due to Allah. Before I begin, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan extends his love and greetings of Assalamu alaikum. We'll do just that. If anybody looking around at us thinking there was something wrong with us for what we just did, no, you can be seated. No, ain't nothing wrong with us, but there's something wrong with you if you had a problem with it. Because last I checked, right here in Phoenix, Arizona, when that no good ham sandwich eating judge walks out, don't the bailiff in the corner tell everybody what? All what? And then he says, the honorable judge, far more honorable than any judge in Arizona, hell, or anywhere else on the planet. And he's more worthy to be stood for after all he's been standing for us for 68 years. So anytime someone comes and gives the greetings from that beautiful man, number one, that means that, that he's still alive. Number two, that means that he has us on his mind. And if the man of God is alive and well and has us on his mind, and he's offering us the peace from God, we are duty-bound to stand to our feet and offer that same peace to that same man that is the personal Lord and Savior of each and every last one of us. If it were not for Farrakhan, we wouldn't be here right now. If it wasn't for the minister, most of us wouldn't be married right now. If it wasn't for the minister, most of us wouldn't be sane right now. If it wasn't for the minister, we wouldn't be off of dope right now. And keeping it all the way real, if it wasn't for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, most of us wouldn't even be alive right now. So we thank Allah for this beautiful man. All praise are due to Allah. Well, we got an assignment today. It's titled Born to Win. Before I begin, I just want to say that you all have been blessed with one of the greatest soldiers the Nation of Islam has ever produced in your Student Minister Brother Halim Muhammad. Let's give it up for this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful brother. May Allah, I know he's out working somewhere. Let's show some love for that beautiful man. And to our sister captain and our brother captain, Sister Zanitra and Brother Jamal and Sister Secretary Michelle and the protocol staff and our brother Hilary, all the hardworking, mighty frontline soldiers, the lieutenants, the captains, the, the squad leaders, the, the, the soldiers that come out on them Wednesdays and them Fridays and then the, the, the brothers that come and make sure the sisters are locked down on Saturday morning before. Let's give it up for all of the frontline soldiers that keep the flag of Islam raised high in this great city of Phoenix, Arizona. Well, we are so happy that we have some good problems. It's not enough seats. It's not enough space. But those are the kind of problems we want. Come in, we got the sister sitting on the brother's side. Because there's no more room on the sister's side. These, these are the kind of problems we like to have. And as you can see, all of these brothers that are standing on the wall, some of them are, are suited and booted, registered in the ranks, and some are guests and visitors. But you look at them, they got a smile on their face. They don't mind giving up their seat to that black woman. Okay, all right, hold on. Time out.
We're going to try it again. Y'all didn't hear that, did y'all? Y'all didn't hear that, did you? We're going to try it again. Take two. And as you can see on this wall, you don't just have soldiers that are suited and booted, registered members, but you even have our guests and visitors on the wall. And these brothers don't have no Brothers, are y'all ready? These brothers don't have no problem giving up their seat to the most beautiful thing in creation, the black woman. All right, that's a little better. That's a little better. We need, all, we need all the bonus we can get. So today our assignment is to unpack a subject titled Born to Win. A few Months back, a little over a year actually, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan delivered a message that was called the Swan Song. And then this monumental and illuminating message that really is a message that needs to be studied consistently week in and week out for decades to come. He dropped this jewel or nugget of wisdom in the middle of the message about the greatness of the human being and the fact that we are born to win. He said, you are made to conquer whatever life presents. Yes, then he said, you did it as sperm. Why do you think you can't do it now? Oh, that's deep. Because do you know that a sperm has a head but it doesn't have a brain? So you mean to tell me this sperm that has a head but has no brain, meaning it doesn't have its own independent intelligence. The Quran calls sperm worthless water. You mean to tell me, this is the minister in my own inference, deduction, and reason. He's saying, do you mean to tell me that when you were worthless water, a head without no intelligence that you could conquer the known environment and here you are now with legs and arms and heart and liver and spleen and brain intelligence consciousness and you mean to tell me you can't defeat the world you live in right now all praise is due to Allah the sperm so teaches the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has sent up the vaginal tract. Back in the day before we start eating sin tucky fried chicken and getting unhappy meals from McDevils and getting whopped in the head with some cheese from the Murder King. Before we start getting them little tacos from Taco Hell. What? A little fish sandwich from 1984 with extra crunchy from Long John Killers. Yeah, or them little miniature little, miniature little hamburgers from the White Casket. Yeah, Security, y'all ready? <laughs> Brothers, y'all ready? <laughs> Stand behind you. <laughs> or before you start lining up in the line at Sick Filet. You see how did nobody want to clap for that? Did you see that? You see, yeah, y'all don't like that sick filet, huh? That's your spot, huh? And for the record, ain't no chicken sandwich that good to have two and three lines lined up all day, seven days, six days a week. I, I don't know about y'all, but every time I look at the line at, at Chick-fil-A, it's a keep sweat moment to me, something, something. Something, something just ain't right. Why would so many people be lined up that long for a chicken sandwich? So I said, there got to be something going on more. And do y'all remember during the pandemic, there was a Popeye's versus chicken sandwich, uh, uncertified Negro war? You know, black people, we always want to choose to fight for white people. Google versus iPhone. Hell, you don't own neither one of them. Oh, you got an Android. Oh, you, you still with the iPhone. Right, right. Hell, the iPhone ain't paying you nothing, neither is Google paying you nothing. 
We were sitting there arguing back and forth over, over which chicken sandwich was the best. Is it Popeye Southern Fried or is it the Chick-fil-A sandwich? Yes, sir. One man even got shot at Popeye's over a sandwich. Brother came in, somebody bought the last one. He said, no, I'm taking that. And shot the man over the chicken sandwich. I said, there is no way possibly that a sandwich can be so good that it generates this kind of illogical emotional response from people. So we went on the website of Popeye's and looked at the ingredients that were in the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Security, y'all still ready? <laughs> 41 chemicals in the chicken sandwich. 34 of them are man-made harmful to the human being. Then we went to Chick-fil-A's website, come to find out they got 54 ingredients in theirs. 41 of them are man-made chemicals. So you're not really eating Food, you're eating good tasting plastic. You're in, in, really eating an industrialized commodity that's posing as food that has more drugs in it than it has nutrients in it. So back before we began to eat like that, and, and for the record, notice that when God created man in the Bible and Holy Quran, it says that he was placed in the garden. He didn't drop him off at the restaurant. What? <laughs> he dropped him off at the garden. That should tell us that the place we should be getting our food from should be where? The garden. The garden. Yeah. Another lecture for another time. But prior to us being fed falsehood in the mind, toxic information in our psyche and toxic food to the body, a sperm Whenever the male sent his sperm off the vaginal tract, there would be 500 million to 1 billion sperm going toward the egg. Yes, sir. Now, there's much less than that. But even if it's the low number of 100 to 300 million, do you know that that one sperm going up the vaginal tract? See, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said that there are three trials that man must go through in order to come into life. And we have to continue to overcome those same struggles to remain in existence. He said the first thing the sperm has to do is it has to go upstream fighting against gravity. What is gravity? Gravity is an invisible force that holds objects down. Well, in life, there's a lot of unseen forces that we have in the atmosphere or that exist in our mind that nobody knows of that are holding us down. We don't know that you on heroin right now, but you do. We don't know that you on crack right now, but you do. We don't know that you are bound and held down by lust or greed or self-hatred or selfishness, but you do. This is gravity to the unseen forces holding us down. I only got three of y'all that agree with that. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, Okay, all right, here's the example. I said that gravity is an unseen force holding you down. This is the reason why in the work of the Nation of Islam, it's called the resurrection from the dead. This don't mean that we're getting ready to go out to no cemetery and bring people about the ground and breathe life into it. Hocus Pocus, Shazam, they back alive. But if you look at the word grave, it's the same base word as the word gravity. So to be resurrected from the grave means to be resurrected from something that is invisible but still holding you down. So anytime someone is suffering from drug addiction, they are buried in a grave. Anytime someone is operating under poor self-worth, low self-esteem, anxiety, and depression, they are in a grave. Any time someone is bound by poverty, envy, and jealousy, they are in a grave. 
So when you hear the life-giving teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, it resurrects you from envy and jealousy. Why? Because a Muslim is not a Muslim until they want for their brother and sister what they want for themselves. Whenever you hear the life-giving teachings, if you were reaching down for drugs all your life to deal with the stress of reality, once you learn about who you are and whose you are, you feel too dignified. Too powerful, too great to reach down for a drug. You just reach up into your mind for a jewel or a nugget of wisdom. From the message to the black man, fall of America, our Savior has arrived. A study guide, a lecture of the minister, a Bible verse, a Quran verse, and you smoke that. And since Allah is Al-Ali, he's the most high. Weed ain't the most high. Crack can get you high, but not the most high. Heroin gets you high, but not the most high. So whenever you can take a hit of that Farrakhan, I mean that Farrakhan, Farrakhan, Farrakhan. When you get you a hit of that Farrakhan, it take you up so high you don't need none of that stuff no more. You've been resurrected from the grave. Are you all right? Then the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said the sperm not only had to defeat gravity, but the sperm also has, when it comes into the, the, the vaginal tract, the female's body consider, considers it an enemy. So guess what happens? A whole bunch of white blood cells start trying to attack it. What color blood cells did I just say? Did I say some white blood cells? A whole bunch of them. Start trying to kill it. Tell me that ain't how it's been in black, with black people in America. Every time we try to move in the world, there's always a conglomerate of Caucasians trying to stop us from being successful. Is this the truth? In fact, in fact, there's nowhere we don't go that we don't have to fight to get what's ours. Our, our ancestors used to say it like this, black people got to work twice as hard to get half as much. Hell, that's bad math. That don't even make sense. Have you noticed, sisters and brothers, that when you go to the bank to get a loan, they don't mind giving you $200,000 for a car that depreciates soon as you drive it off the car lot? They don't mind loaning you $300,000 to get you a degree that won't even work? We ain't got time to go into it, but hell, we should be able to get refunds on some of these degrees. Sit there and sold me this piece of paper. Told me if I came out of here with this BS degree. What? Bachelor of Science. That I'd be able to take this paper all over the place and be able to show it to people, and that's going to get me paid. You running around with that paper, they don't even work. Well, anytime somebody sells a product and, and they tell you oh, when, they, when you buy the product that it's going to do X, Y, and Z, but if you get the product home and you turn it on and it don't do X, Y, and Z, you got a right to request a full refund. Well, hell, if they sold us a degree that we've been taking into the world but has not gotten us anything yet, we should be able to ask for a full refund. Not no in-store credit. We want all our money back. They don't mind giving you another $400,000 for a plastic house. But let you go inside there and ask them for a small business $25,000 loan. Yes to debt, but no to business. Why? Because they know that no matter how nice our vehicle is, the house we live in, or how great we get as a degree, that is not a threat to white supremacy. But the minute that you and I get involved in business, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said business is warfare. And warfare means somebody lives and somebody dies. So if black people become progressive and successful economically, that is literally killing the so-called enemy. You wipe them off the face of the earth. Another lecture for another time. So... The red blood cells try to help the sperm out. Maybe y'all don't know anything about Native Americans here in Phoenix. What? Don't they call them the red man? 
History says they were always looking out for us. Hiding us. Well, how, how do you think that you, yeah, come on now, black people, act like y'all don't, don't claim Cherokee. Now, come on. Every black person you meet got Indian in them somehow. Even if they don't, they do. Part of it is just because of our self-hatred. We don't want to be our own original self, so we just like to claim anything else. Somebody say, oh, you, you know what, your hair, you look a little different. Your hair a little straighter. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, see, see, you know, my, my, my best friend's next door neighbor's third cousin <laughs> on his father's side was a full-blooded Cherokee. I got that Cherokee in me. <laughs> but you ain't got no Cherokee in you because your best friend's next door neighbor's third cousin twice removed from his father's side. <laughs> but the history shows that the red man looked out for us. So in the vaginal tract, not only is gravity something we have to overcome, but according to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he said that we had to meet the next trial, and that was competition. Why? Because there's 300 million to a billion sperm going up the vaginal tract, but only one sperm that meets that right egg actually can start the process of procreation. So all of them are competing in the vaginal tract trying to get to that one egg so that they could be the one to bring birth to new life. So in this world, you're going to have to compete. Yes. Did you hear me? Yes, sir. Don't run from competition. Run toward competition. Yes, On the blackboard in all of our Muhammad universities of Islam in the 30s when Master Fahd Muhammad was among us. Y'all know what Muhammad University of Islam is, right? To our guests, these are the schools that were erected and are erected to teach not only math, science, and history, but to teach the supreme wisdom God gave to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Yes, that not only do you come out of the, 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 the school curriculum being someone that they could call a genius, but you come out of the curriculum being someone that we could say is a god. Yes. We need our own schools. Yes, we do. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad called the public school system the white man's killing field. Even though our children might make it to 18 years of age and walk across the stage and be able to hold up a diploma and flip their tassel over, if you were to pull the cap off and get inside the skull, go inside the brain, and then get inside the mind, you'll be able to find in our sons and daughters that that spirit killing, that dream snatcher, the aspiration assassins have been working on the murder of the mind of black children. So even though we are alive with a body, it hurt my heart, Brother Halim. Just a few weeks ago, we were in one of the Carolinas, and we went to two schools, one a high school. And when we went to the high school and asked the young soldiers, 16, 17, 18, what do you want to be in life? The dominant answer was this. Not even words, just shrugging their shoulders. But we went to an elementary school earlier that day. And here the first and the second graders, they're only five, six, or seven years of age. I asked, what do you want to be? Everybody's hand went up. And all the little black children, they, they, they was an engineer, a doctor, a chemist, astronaut. Firefighter, I want to be a lawyer. I want, I want to build another planet. I want to fly in outer space. I want to invent a battery that can supply energy for the whole world. This is what they were saying at five and six. Well, what happened to the black man and woman's mind? That from the time of five and six to the time of them being a junior and a senior, that they don't know what they want to be in life. It's because the white man's school system is a derailing process. It is designed to take your sons and daughters off track. So most of us have goals and aspirations we had when we were young. But over the course of being or meeting spirit killers, dream snatchers, aspiration assassins, sometimes it was a teacher, sometimes it was a counselor. Sometimes it was our own mothers and fathers. Yes.
Because misery loves company. We end up punking out on our hopes and our dreams. Is this the truth? So Muhammad University of Islam is our school. And I'm going to say this, that if, if Master Fahd Muhammad opened up the mosque and every mosque that he built, he didn't, put, he didn't connect a laundry mat to it. He didn't connect a car lot to it. He didn't connect a restaurant to it. Every uh, temple that he built, he put a university with it. Then we got to do our part to make sure that we get our schools up and going and back. And then we've got to show the adequate amount of patriotism to support independent black education. Otherwise, otherwise our babies are going to continue to be derailed. Do you know that black and white children start school the same way? Yes, they do. If you ever, mothers, you know, if you dropped your baby off at daycare for the first time, if you, was, if you was able to look over and see a white mother drop their baby off, your children and their children acted the same way. Y'all remember? You remember your son and daughter holding on to your leg? They didn't want to let go. They'd look at the white woman. That same thing. You peeled off your son or daughter. They peeled off their son or daughter. Next thing you know, the black and the white child, they be sniffling and crying. and, and Come on now. Walking real slow with their head down, don't want to go. But next thing you know, they start off with their head down and, and real slow moving with, with no self-assurance and no confidence. But as the two, the black and the white child, begin to matriculate through 12 years of education, your son and their son is learning about Thomas Jefferson, a white man. George Washington, a white man. Einstein, a white man. Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, Thales, Hypothagoras, white people. And do you know that the strongest force in the human psychology is the need to behave with the way the one identifies themselves? And that the the, father of education in the Western world in 1926, a white man named Robert Collier, told them when they set up the public school that education is only one-fourth information and the other three-fourths is encouragement. And nothing encourages a child like seeing people that look like them that accomplished great feats in the past. So what happens to our babies? When we send them into the school, that little white child is learning about people that look like him that accomplished great feats in the past. So after 12 years of encouragement, that white boy walks out to school with his chest out, shoulders back, head held high, ready to conquer the known world. But our black babies, they have never been fed a knowledge of themselves. Never been taught about the rich legacy of the African contribution. So when they leave school, not only are their heads down, but now their pants is down too. No, I'm saying to us that we got to make sure that we inoculate our children. Put in their mind Marcus Garvey. Put in their mind Matt Turner. Feed their mind Gabriel Prosser. Feed their mind Benjamin Banneker. Feed their mind about George Washington Carver. Teach them about the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And watch how powerful they will be. They'll be ready to conquer the known world. All praise is due to Allah. So in our Muhammad universities, there was written on the blackboard, let no one excel you at anything. That means that God is telling us, look, compete. Not in, no, not in no wicked way. The Holy Quran says it like this. Vie with one another in righteousness. Not in envy. Not in jealousy. See, if you began to compete with one another in envy and jealousy, instead of you putting energy into pulling yourself up, you start wasting energy on pulling your brother and sister down. Instead of investing your energy trying to speed up and get where they are, you start wasting energy trying to grab them and pull them back where you stand. But when you vie with one another in righteousness, you look through your spiritual peripheral vision at the success of your brother and sister, and it puts a smile on your face. You're inspired by it. And you in your mind say, man, if they can do it, so can I. And when you 
vie with one another in righteousness, the real proof is you don't really compete with your peers. You compete with your past. You don't try to outdo your fellow man. You try to outdo your former self. And you use your peers and your fellow man as encouragement that you actually can make it happen. So competition. We got to compete. Then it says, and vie with one another for the forgiveness of God. So that means we're competing with each other, not in envy, jealousy, but in righteousness. And we're trying to compete with each other to see which one can earn the most forgiveness from God. Well, the first thing you got to do to earn the forgiveness of God is ask, what does God love the most? And start doing something for what God loves the most. And I'm going to tell you this, we don't have a lot of time to go into it, but there is nothing in the universe that God loves more than the black man and woman of North America. So if you really want to make God happy, do something to look out for one of his people. And Allah will do something to look out for you. Third trial, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said that man must overcome is, you got competition, right? You've got gravity. Third is survival in a hostile environment. Do you know that we are righteous by nature? We are other than that by circumstance? Black people are good people. We just have bad habits. And our bad habits come from our sojourn in the West. We have allowed the Caucasian way to rub off on us. There's a social law that says that association breeds assimilation. Assimilation means that you become like what you are around. So just associating with something. For a long period of time, you end up accidentally becoming like what you are around. Okay, y'all don't, y'all don't agree with that either. Okay. Okay, it is written in the gospel of Big Mama. What? It's some stuff that Big Mama said is just as true as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. A family that prays together? That ain't in the Bible, that's Big Mama. It's the truth, though, ain't it? Yes, she seen whenever you was getting a little fast and, and, and being a little too easy, she said, let me tell you something, little girl. Why would he buy the cow? Come on, now, it's Big Mama. That ain't the Quran. <laughs> Big Mama got some stuff now. But what about when he, she seen us messing around with too many girls? She said, let me tell you something, little boy. A woman will either make you or... That's not the Bible. That's Big Mama, but it's the truth. Big Mama said, birds of a feather... You lie down with dogs? So whatever you are around, you're going to become like such, says Big Mama. See, I don't, I don't believe in no Bible and Quran, but you believe in Big Mama. Do you know that Jesus said about himself, That I am in the world, but I'm not of the world. What is he saying? He said, I'm in a hostile environment. I'm in an environment that is full of invalidation, self-hatred, wickedness, immorality, freakishness. But I don't participate in the freakishness. I don't participate in the gender-bending culture. It's a world that loves and propagates drug use, but I don't use no dope. It's a world that propagates and encourages and advertises men messing with a bunch of women and women messing with a bunch of men. But I don't participate. I'm in the world, but I'm not. You say, well, that's Jesus. That's that's for him. Yeah, but Jesus said that I have gone forth to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may also be. He wasn't talking about living on cloud nine. On in the galaxy somewhere waiting on us on some streets of gold, drinking milk, milk and honey with Abraham and Moses and Job and Shuab and Ray Charles and Tupac and Biggie and everybody. No, he ain't talking about that. He's talking about a level of thinking, a level of operation of power, 
I've gone forth to prepare. Where are you, Jesus? I'm at the right hand of the Father. I'm so close to him. When you see me, you see the Father. For I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. But wait a minute. If Jesus said through Paul, let this mind be in you. The same mind that was in Christ Jesus and Solomon told us in Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart. So as he, if Christ had the mind of God, and we are invited to have the mind of Christ, which is the mind of God, then whatever he is, we can be. So if he was in the world, but not of the world, we too can survive in this American hostile environment. Without bowing down to the freakishness and the wickedness and the immorality and the self-hatred that exists in the world we live in. We're born to win. We're born to win. Are y'all all right? Oh, man, I'm too, too much time. I miss being hot. It's been cold so long, I don't care about being hot. In order for us to be able to accept the statement of being born to win, we have to get rid of in our own mind all of the self-defeating, self-destructive commands that were installed into the black psyche that has us thinking that we're born to lose. That's right. Okay. Right. Okay. You can't just hope them away. You can't just wish them away. You have to follow a mathematical theology. So teaches the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Mathematical theology, theo meaning God in Greek, ology meaning the study of God. Mathematical theology means the study of God in a mathematical way. We, our problem is we have a study of God in an emotional way. We have a study of God in a way that we feel our way through things. But feelings are not facts. Facts are facts. Mathematics say that two things cannot occupy the same space after what? So if we have a mind that is full of the negative deposits of self-destructive, self-defeating commands that makes us believe we're born to lose, then we have to begin to send into the mind those new positive reinforcements that are self-building, that are not invalidating but validating. That feed the mind what is good, what is true, what is pure, what is right, what is powerful. That we can push out of our head all of the negative that has been installed into our brain. Are are y'all with me? There's a few mantras that I have that I try to use to check my own stinking thinking every day. You know what a mantra is, right? A mantra is a word or a series of words that you repeat often to yourself, and by repeating something, you allow it to go beyond the surface of the conscious mind into the subconscious mind, where it begins to unconsciously change your habits for living. You begin to have a new pattern of thinking and a new pattern of doing things accidentally on purpose. Did that make sense to y'all? Now, any mantra can be of any nature. If you have a word or a series of words that is negative and you repeat that consistently, it goes past the layer of the surface of the conscious mind into the subconscious mind and begins to influence self toward thoughts, habits, and patterns that are negative. But if you begin to feed your mind on a word or series of words that are positive in nature, they too began to penetrate the surface of the conscious mind, get into the subconscious mind, and began to influence thoughts, patterns, and habits toward a positive end. Are y'all all right? Yes, sir. One of the ones I use that I always tell myself, I'd rather be tired pushing the free God's people than well-rested watching them die. That's one of my mantras. 
Another one I try to tell myself all the time is building wealth is hard. Being broke is hard. Choose your heart. Y'all like that one? You see, you see how all of this is designed to activate the override mechanism in your brain to help you from, to keep yourself from quitting when you're tired? Right, right, right. I always tell myself as another mantra, look, 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 real soldiers don't quit when they're tired. They quit when they're done. So tired don't mean quit. Tired mean keep going. Done mean quit. I tell myself you cannot have a million-dollar dream and a minimum wage work ethic. Is that the beat? Is Surah 16 coming to get me? But, y'all still all right? Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you, my number one, my number one mantra from the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, every time you look at a black man, you're looking at God. It inspires Brother Charles, it inspires two things. I mean, Brother Sabor. Iman. Iman. I'm going to get it right. One of these attributes. Brother Iman. See, if every time you look at a black man, you're looking at God, how do you treat your brothers and sisters? And when he said black man, he wasn't talking about male. He was talking about male and female. No, you are not the goddess. You are the God yes. in the feminine expression. Right. Yeah. So every time you look at a black man or a black woman, you're looking at God. How should I talk to God? How should I handle God? What tone, spirit, attitude should I have toward God? So every time you look at a black man, you're looking at God that informs us in the ethical treatment of our brothers and sisters. Yes, sir. But man, every now and then you got to say it while you're looking in the mirror. Yes. Whenever your own self-doubt, yes. when your own stinking thinking, yes. whenever you start believing that you're not good enough or you can't do it or you can't make it happen, you got to look in the mirror yes. and say, every time I look at a black man, include when I look at myself, yes. I'm looking at God. Yes. What can't God do? All yes. oh, praise is due to Allah. See, sisters and brothers, we have allowed our self-concept to be shaped and molded by our enemy and our oppressors. They told us that we were savages in Africa, swinging from trees with bones in our nose grunting and moving around like savages and animals in the wild. And you niggers ought to be grateful that us good God-fearing pilgrims got you from Africa, brought you to America, and even though we made you slave, after all, we also made you a human. But when you really know who you are, and you really know the history you came from, See, the black man and woman, not only are we the builders of the city of Atlantis, not only are we the ones that erected Timbuktu, not only are we the architects of the Nile Valley civilization, we are the builders of the pyramids and the architects of civilization. But before even all of that, that's just something that happened 15,000 years ago. We've been here for over 78 trillion years. We are the original man, the maker, the owner, cream of the planet Earth, God of the universe. The Bible says that God made man in his image and after his likeness. Do you know image means form? Form is exterior? What? You didn't know that God had a body? You, oh, no, God ain't no ghost. He's not some divine piece of wind moving around trying to stop car accidents. Yes. Hell, you think God is. Yes. 
God was, is, and always shall be manifest in the human being. That's That's why whenever you call God by his proper name, Allah, you can break the word Allah down into an acronym. You know what an acronym is, right? Yes, sir. It's when you take a word and every letter in the word represents another word. Yes, sir. Like CIA is an acronym. Right. Stand for the Cocaine Import Agency. Yes, sir. What? Yes, sir. FBI, finding a black man to incarcerate. Yes, Media, most effective devil in America. Yes, NAACP, Negroes always asking Caucasians permission. Yes. That's what it's being. That's what it's being. Allah, arm, leg, leg, arm, head. That's a human being. Let me tell you something. Islam is an acronym. It's the ideal system of living for all of man. What? It ain't a religion. It's a way of life. It's not a religion. It's a world. It's a spiritual system designed to get you not to become a believer, follower, worshiper, apostle, disciple, companion, or even prophet. It's a spiritual system designed to make you God. In Islam, in the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, we don't practice our religion to believe in God. We practice our religion to become the God we believe in. That is our goal. And that should be yours too. I said the ideal system of living for all of man. I said system. Well, you can break system down into an acronym. Saving yourself time, energy, and money. Oh, that ain't good enough? Okay. Submit yourself to Elijah Muhammad. And you will save yourself time, energy, and money. And you at the end of the day will be able to say, I self, Lord, am a master. Follow the idea system of living for all of man. Does that make sense? So if image is exterior, the Honorable Minister Louis Farquhar said that likeness means thought, mind, spirit, nature, qualities, and characteristics. Wow. So if we're in the image and the likeness of God, that means that everything that's true about God is true about you. If you're in the image and likeness of God, that means that every time God looks at you, he sees himself. Our problem is when we look at ourselves, we don't see him. Because if we seen him, we would not accept that we cannot make it happen. There's no business you can't build if you are God. There's no child you can't rear if you are God. There's no relationship you can't fix if you are God. There's no home you can't build if you are God. There is no task that exists that you could ever imagine that you cannot achieve if you are God. Don't you know if you are God, you're born to win? All praise is due to Allah. All praise is due to Allah. One who thinks very little of themselves will think very little of their chances. And one who thinks very little of their chances will think very little of their destiny. And when you say no to destiny, you say yes to depression. Did you hear me? And once you say less to de- yes to depression, you have accepted yourself as a low person that has been pressed down. Everybody else can do it, but you cannot. Let me tell you something about black and white people. Our pain is different than white people's pain. Black pain comes from a different source than white pain comes from. We suffer a depression that comes from oppression. Look up the word depression. It means to be reduced in value, amount, or worth. The root of our depression as a people is not what mama said or what daddy didn't do or what grandmama used to do or what her uncle did to me. Don't you let the white man get off the hook. This new key catchphrase, trauma now. This new catchphrase, mental health. 
this new catchphrase, healing yourself mentally. These are all good catchphrases. Problem is, is they want you to stop and blame your mama or your daddy or your grandparents for the hell that your mind is in. Let me tell you something, black man and black woman. Your mama did the best that she could do. Your father did the best that he can do. But they were operating of the same installation of self-defeating, self-destructive, self-negating, invalidating commands from this no-good white man. So they couldn't give you what they did not have. Now, oppression produces our depression. You say, but I know people that know a knowledge of self and they still are depressed. Question is, do you accept your knowledge of self? See, we're not in this condition because we don't know what to do. We're in this condition because we do not do what we know. It's one thing to know you are God. But it's another thing to act like you want. See, gods are righteous. Gods are humble. Gods are honorable. And gods are doers. Gods are hunters. Gods make things happen. Gods are go-getters. Is this the truth? When a god wants to make something, they say be. And it is. They plan, they work. They work their plan. Gods are disciplined. Gods have fight, drive, and focus. So, yeah, it's one thing to say, I know the black man is God, but have you accepted it personally? And at the end of the day, Jesus did not say, let your light so shine before men that they might hear your good words. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works. See, see, we, we got an epidemic among us as a people. Our video don't match our audio. Have you, what? Have you ever been watching something and the video don't match the audio? What you do, you pause it, knock it back 10 seconds, send it. But at a certain point, if the mouth is moving and then the words come out later, you say, man, hell we're watching this. I mean this with all due respect. This is what's happening to our children. They're looking at a whole generation that video don't match their audio. So they've decided to turn the channel. And they don't want to hear what we have to say or see what we, you understand what I'm saying? We're born to win. We're born to win. In closing, in closing, everything in this world is designed to really destroy the black mind. You can't read a history book in school, anytime you read of anything good or great that happened, they always give credit to a white man. However, almost everything white people have taken credit for, black people are the original inventors of. Did y'all hear me? And see, they know from what Robert Collier said that even if the encouragement is a lie, it still can have some of an effect on building up the confidence in the white child to make them ready to conquer when they leave school. So they feed them myths and lies of a stolen legacy from us. Did you know that it was a black man that invented the fountain pen? A black man that invented the clothes dryer? The traffic signal, the egg beater, bottle caps, toilets, elevators, typewriter, lawn sprinkler, window cleaner, the anti-aircraft gun, cell phones, 
the light bulb. Did you know it was a black woman that invented the ironing board, the nursery chair, the medicine tray, the siren and the horn light indicator for residential homes, the digital toaster, the hoisting and loading mechanism that you see all mechanics use to fix cars invented by a black woman, the T-top roofs on cars invented by a black woman, home security systems invented by a black woman. Did you know it was a black woman that invented the formula for ibuprofen? It was a black woman that invented the formula for ibuprofen. Why are you shocked? The black woman is the natural pain reliever of a hardworking black man. Why should she invent ibuprofen? So you got to start feeding your babies this kind of information. And can I tell you something? Jesus said that you and I will not enter the kingdom of heaven unless we become born again. So, 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 so what, what we're talking about, the black babies need to hear. We as black adults that never heard of ass babies, if we're going to be born again, we need to hear it too. So you got to start taking conscious control of your mind to undo the born to lose mentality. Did you know that Moses... Said he stuck his hand into the bosom of the Lord, and when he took it out, it was turned white. Well, if it was turned white, it had to go in black. Moses was a black man. Did you know that Job said that my skin is black? Job, a black man. Did you know Abraham, the father of the prophets, father of the righteous, the architect of monotheism? Did you know that Abraham was mistaken to be an Egyptian when he was in Egypt? And Egypt in Greek means Ieptis, land of black and burnt skinned people. Well, if he was thought to be an Egyptian and Egypt is land of black and burnt skinned people, Abraham, the father of the prophets, was a black man. Did you know that Solomon, the wisest man in the Bible, says that I am black but comely, O ye daughters of Jerusalem. So the wisest man in the scripture was a black man. Wait a minute, wasn't Solomon David's son? And David is called the prototype of Jesus? Well, you mean to tell me Solomon's black? David had to be black too. Jesus said about himself, I am of the root of David, the seed of David according to the flesh. What if one seed of David, Solomon, is black, and Jesus is another seed of David, he has to be black too. See, they don't want you to know that. Because to learn about black inventors will give you confidence. But when you learn that the messengers, the prophets, and the angels, and the martyrs of God were of your same kith and kid, it gives you something called Godfidence. And when you got God for this, there's nothing you can make happen. I'm saying to us, I'm saying to us, what I was supposed to tell you earlier that I forgot to say. Do not allow your self-image or any perception to, sh to be shaped by non-scriptural concepts. In other words, you should be able to pick up your Bible and Quran. You should be able to pick up your message to the black man. Your our Savior has arrived, your fall of America, your how to eat to live, one and two. You should be able to pick up, pick up your study guides and say, this is my message to the black man. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And I will have what it says I can have. There's nothing in the sacred text that justifies a black man and woman believing they're born to lose. Everything you read about the black man and woman in history and scripture proves that we are without a shadow of a doubt born to win. Thank you for listening. I greet you in peace. Assalamu alaikum. Oh, praise is due to Allah. Oh, praise is due to Allah. Takbir.
Takbir. All praise is due to Allah. Thank you so much, sisters and brothers. Please be seated.